Yeah, because like we talked about earlier, Batman Begins was a, the first time I watched it, I was like, this is okay. Yeah. It's grown on me, but it doesn't feel as much like a Batman movie at first yeah. because it was so much not Batman. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like, even now, I feel like Man of Steel probably resonates with you, Engineer, more because of Solomon, your, your child. Oh my god, once you yeah. have a kid, you totally. can't watch the beginning. Yeah. We, we actually skipped the beginning the other night. Yes, we did. Uh, I did not want to cry. Just because like you, you put that in perspective mm-hmm. more and everything. And one thing to say real quick is, I think in a lot of ways, everything you said about Man of Steel is because Man of Steel was such a reaction antithesis of what Superman Return was. Yeah. You know, in 2005, we got Batman Begins, which was perfect. But for some reason, Warner Brothers, instead of thinking the same lines, the next year they released Superman Returns, which is a continuation of the Donner films. And, yeah. You know, and, and Man of Steel was, like, the, like, like what you're saying, it's the complete antithesis of that. Everything that movie was, they wanted to try to be yeah. the opposite. Well, I, you know, um, the thing I appreciate about, about Returns, of course, Superman Returns, and Returns of the Man, same thing. Um, it's the fact that it does have that throwback vibe. It does feel like an older film. It does feel like a Donner film. But at the same time, it, it wasn't the right formula. No, no. And I, I, I even say, I even hesitate to say that I don't think Man of Steel is the right formula either. But I, I like what you're talking about, the fact that it is a launching point for Potential more. Mm-hmm. Because uh, let's look at this. If Man of Steel had been a bit more colorful, a bit less dramatic, a bit less violent of whatever, then we get into Batman versus Superman, you know, that that's going to make the transition even harder. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so I, I do appreciate what they did with it, especially now that it is continuing into the saga. But um, I just I just felt like it always missed the mark. I feel like it's going to kind of come together more. Um, now that we do have Batman v Superman, it might be one of those things where we look back at it and we're like, okay, this by itself is a standalone. Maybe not so much, no. but you know, in you know, as being the first film to introduce this universe, it could really work. Yeah. It just depends on the angle they go. Um, one thing about it was, of course, you had David Goyer writing this after you know, and he wrote it solo, which I feel like. David Goyer is the idea guy, mm-hmm. but you always need someone to polish his script. Well, that's when I brought in Nolan. Well, Nolan and him wrote it together, like the story together, but he wrote the whole script solo. Yeah. Now, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben Affleck did a lot of script writing. Well, BVS. BVS, right? Ben Affleck is, they're kind of t- talking about, I'm not sure, um, he hasn't quite, he's trying to deny that he's done some work, but at the same time, but I mean, that's when they brought in Chris Terrio from Argo. Affleck did to fix the BBS script because originally it was David Goyer and they were like, ah, we're going to fix this. And I was like, good job. Um, well, I mean, Goyer, you know, he's given us such great films as Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider 2, The Crow 2, oh, God. the Blade Trilogy. <laughs> you know, real winners. You know, I, I think, though, to, to be fair to Goyer here, okay, I think that he had some good concepts. The concepts yeah. were there. But the I execution think just wasn't as Goyer, Goyer would be better as a graphic novel writer. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he's done graphic novel. I don't, I don't think he's a great film writer. Yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see because uh, my fear of BBS was my fear of Man of Steel. Um, the possibility of 
putting too much in one movie. We'll see. My fear of BVS is it's going to be, will it fall into an Iron Man 2 or an Amazing Spider-Man 2 mm-hmm. where they try to put too much into it. But looking back, just, you know, Man of Steel just kind of focusing. You know, it was neat because of the idea they didn't use kryptonite. The, yeah. the whole atmospheric thing. And I think that's going to be kind of refixed, retconned in this one. Because we have the scene of Lex looking at a green rock. Um, well, that, and I also think um, you have to remember that the way it looks, at least to me, most of the fighting in the BVS trailer takes place in Gotham. Yeah. Gotham is a dark city. Most of the stuff's going to take place at night, takes place during a lot of the rain. So, I mean, it, powers are going to be diminished on Superman's side because of that anyway. That's very true. <laughs> now, one thing with Man of Steel that I always thought was kind of funny was how outraged people were about the costume change. Yeah. I like the costume. I thought it was awesome. And I, I'm okay with the costume. Like, I don't need... Like, it kills me that, I mean, I was alive in 89, but I wasn't old enough yeah. to know any of the Batman stuff going on. But, or did we get the same kind of reaction on Michael Keaton, his solid black costume for Batman that we did just because they removed the Superman trunks? Like, yeah. people are freaking out that much about him. Well, because go back and watch Superman Returns. Yeah. And you see the trunks, and you're kind of like, that does feel awkward. What's, what I find interesting about the Man of Steel costume, though, is um, Zack Snyder was quoted about when he made, when he came up and designed the Superman logo specifically for this film. It was actually based off of 1950s and 1940s like war propaganda. And you have to think about the time that Superman would have come to Earth. That's something that would have been in his history books. It would have been that 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 classic bronze age vibe about it. So it's, it's, there's a lot of research that went into the purposing of this, of this costume. And really, I'm just glad the boy shorts went away. Exactly. Like, you know, I liked, I mean, as a kid, I don't mind running around with my underwear outside my pants, but as an adult, I mean, I want people to take me seriously while I'm kicking in. I think it was more of a visual aesthetic thing. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, like I just, I, it didn't bother me. I think the problem is, we got, and this is for all Superman. I'm talking Smallville, Lois and Clark. Yeah, we got this iconic Donner film, mm-hmm. the first two. Yeah, and we've never been able to let that go. In our imagery, in any other Superman media, it's always been Donner esque. I mean, you know, Man of Steel established itself trying to really break free from that and look more at the comics. And Snyder's quoted as saying. Everyone thinks I changed Superman. Well, obviously, you've never read a comic. And in a lot of ways, he's right. Because, you know, he's looking at the modern Superman comics and the stories, and he's bringing that into his... And people are still looking back at Chris Reeves. Nothing wrong with that. But the idea is, well, the character of Batman, we've been able to accept changing a lot more through each incarnation. But with Superman... Well, look how many Batman films we've had. Exactly. I mean... But to be fair, Superman is an American staple. Exactly. Like he he is an icon. He has been for years. The thing I find interesting, and, and it's it's a different opinion than the Patrick family, <laughs> but I don't like Superman as a hero. I Because to me, there's not a lot that can happen to him. Chris is getting beat up. Judy punch him in the face. <laughs> he can, he can, he can, he can manipulate a lot of things just based on his power source, and his weaknesses are very rare. They're very hard to find. Um, so for me, Man of Steel, although it's a new take on Superman, I didn't care because I'm not a huge Superman fan. But 
looking back on the series of how things change, different comic book series, Justice League alone, um, there's a lot of room to bend there, but yeah, it goes back to the fact that people do have to allow themselves to be like, oh yeah, Superman doesn't always have to be one thing. It's not always apple pie, you know? Right. One thing with Man of Steel that kind of bothered me, like Gene and I rewatched it the other day and discussed it, was I hate that it starts on Krypton. I almost would have liked the film to have started with that, just that boat scene. Yeah. And then, like, Krypton's in flashbacks. You kind of, or something like Clark discovers Krypton, and maybe you don't even show Krypton in this movie. Yeah. You bring Krypton in the second movie, because that goes back to the pacing of the Donner movie. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been said that Man of Steel was like a combination of Superman and Superman 2. Yeah. Because he's fighting Zod. And I'm like, you know what? Um, I am drawing a blank right now, and I, forgive me, but there's a comic where Superman first meets Zod, and they're friends. Mm-hmm. Because he's finally met somebody, and then Zod reveals himself to be bad. Yeah. I kind of almost would have liked that um, I, uh, vibe. I, I wish, honestly, I, I wish Hollywood and screenwriters would allow us to be smart enough to understand the origins of Spider of Superman and Spider Man. We don't always have to see Uncle Ben die. We don't always have to see Krypton explode. I, it's been shoved down. I, I mean, uh, let's look at this. My my mom. You know, before she passed, was never a comic book fan, was never a Superman fan, never saw a single movie, but she could tell you the entire origin story of Superman. Yeah. Because it, everyone knows it. So, I, you know, why, why spend the first hour of a film in between, you know, scene after scene after scene with a story? We already know it. Skip it. Or, or like you said, put it in a second film, put it later on. You know, something later on to motivate it, but... I liked, you know, I'm, I'm indifferent. Like I like Russell Crowe's Jarrell, but he's yeah. not who I wish would have been cast. I was, I remember when they first talked about it, and it was Snyder was in the work, and I sat there and I was hoping because this actor had just worked in a small role with Snyder in Sucker Punch, but I wanted John Hamm to be Jarrell so bad. I think Hamm's too young. You could make him look a little older, I know. but Jarrell doesn't have to be old. Like That's they always depict him as being old. I mean, he's, he can be 25, 30. I mean, John Hamm's 40. Sure. You know what I'm saying? To have a son, an infant child. Um, I, just, I, I don't know. That's just me nitpicking. I'm well, still... Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, one of the things that I notice about Man of Steel, because, okay, in the beginning, when I first started watching Man of Steel, I really, really enjoyed it. Going back and watching it again, I'm noticing more and more, like, little things with it. You know what I mean? Like, I've always had this feeling of, like, there's just something slightly off about Man of Steel. And I couldn't figure it out. Well, the other night, Tyler and I were watching it in preparation for Batman v Superman. And um, one of the things that caught my attention that I mentioned to Tyler was the fact that... Um, the movie is made up of a bunch of segments. Yeah. It's, there's no cohesive story. Exactly. It's it's very jumpy and pop, like popping everywhere. And some of the transitions are just really odd. Yeah. Where they go and it feels like when it transitions it's a new segment. This well, let's, I mean, let's focus on even just the, the one that almost made me leave the theater was um, Lois Lane is in a plane, and then all of a sudden Superman lands in a random building in a gigantic city, 
that you don't know where he is at all because he's literally inside of a building and she is just magically there. Does yeah. She, what, does she have a tracking device on this person like a freaking child? No. Oh, you mean where he falls into the, the station and she's like super far away? Yeah. And, all and then all of a sudden she's also, there. She's walking down with her hair blowing in the wind, not sweating on anything. No. Yeah. You couldn't even get a taxi across town at this point, let alone just be like, that building, I'm going to go to this. Mm-hmm. this I have higher hopes nuts. for Batman v Superman than I did Man. I do too. I do too. I'm really, I'm really hoping here. I think, I, but to, but there's a, there's a lot of that, jumps. There's a lot of in betweens that don't feel connected. Right. Me even, you know, stating that, all of this about Man of Steel, like I still very much so enjoyed it. I enjoy it. But it's one of those I movies that sometimes people like it. <laughs> sometimes I don't feel like watching the whole movie. I just want to watch scenes. Yeah. I tried watching the whole thing again. I, I honestly couldn't. I, I picked a handful of stuff, and I'm like, these are the ones I want to here's, focus on. Here's the things that really I just don't, I didn't like in Man of Steel. The whole Codex thing. Yeah. That whole subplot with cheese. Okay. Let's that, create a brand new Krypton, guys. Why does Zod want to create a new Krypton? When, I, I'm okay with the idea of him wanting to rule the planet as gods. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to build Krypton on Earth when you can build it on another planet? Yep. Where, what, you want to build it on Earth so you all the Earth well, die and you're back to being weaklings? I look at it as the Planet of the Apes theory. Let's go back. Let's go to the, the new origins of Planet of the Apes with Caesar. Okay. Caesar could just be Caesar. And let's be honest, if he, if he left him the way it was, he probably would have became some sort of political something, some sort of powerful thing, because he's the first monkey ever to talk. Right. He's the first monkey to ever be educated. Okay, But he takes the opportunity to create an army of people to follow him. So Zod, easily enough, if he destroys Superman, could take over the world. But with an entire army of Kryptonians, he'd keep the world. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't like the whole dream sequence where he's in Cal's dream. I thought that was kind of odd. <laughs> um, <laughs> things I do like, though. I do like that they, right off the bat, Lois figures out who Clark is, and they establish a different Dude, dynamic. It's so easy to figure out. Did you see the video that Henry Cavill put up of him walking around Times Square? Yes. Where nobody recognizes him? He's even wearing his Superman t-shirt. So ridiculous. And he said the glasses aren't going to work. <laughs> but, it's pretty funny. But you know what I'm saying? Just because, like I said, we're breaking that Donner chain. Mm-hmm. We're trying mm-hmm. to move forward with a different dynamic. Well, we're, we're jumping out of the 1950s, and we're coming into a modern age. Just like they've done with the Flash and Arrow, where a lot of people don't even know of the identity. Yeah. Flash, I get because of the, the cow and the, the voice changer and the, the messing of the face. But Arrow, I don't understand how you don't know that's Oliver Queen. Shadows. He, he's, <laughs> technically, he's always supposed to be like hiding, like turned sideways in the shadows. I'm always in the shadows. I just bring shadows with me. <laughs> now, one big thing that people brought up about this film was all the destruction. Oh, my God. They destroy an entire city. I, say it's what not, you want about Avengers. They destroy all of Metropolis. No. <laughs> if you watch, they don't. Like if you look at the shot, dude, look at look at the world devastator. It well, destroys a minimum three quarters of the city. No, like go back and watch, like uh, watch it again. Like I, you'll see, it doesn't destroy as much as you think. It destroys enough for Lex Luthor to buy Metropolis, but he, which, by the way, Batman versus Superman will have Lex Luthor in a real estate scam again. It's the only thing this man can do. <laughs> Let's also point out. Um, but the only scene that I really hated with the whole violence is where Zod kicks the fuel truck at Superman. Good God. And he, like, floats up in between them. Mm-hmm. And it blows up the, like, parking garage behind him. I'm like, 
kind of a douche move there. Well, you could have stopped, stopped that. it. Could have stopped it. Didn't. Or use. You know what? He didn't use that. That he better use a super breath. Okay. Or is that one of the powers he didn't discover in a janitor's closet when he was a kid? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to hit all the high points. Like the destruction didn't bother me, but. Okay, so I tell you what, though, the, the yeah, world they had to—they had to have. Uh, Metropolis has had to have experienced something terrible in the past because they—they evacuated the crap out of that city really fast. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing: I, with the Metropolis being destroyed, with Luther and Wayne rebuilding it, mm-hmm. that's how I see it becoming more of what's supposed to be the city of tomorrow. Well, yeah. Uh, but here's my other point: is <laughs> uh, crap. You made me forget. Well, while you're trying to remember, did the world engine not do like? Damage that stayed with the Earth. Oh, had to have. You know what I'm saying? Like, had to have. I really feel like there's going to be some retconning in the new film of just some of these side stories that don't really matter. Have um, you not heard the Green Lantern theory nope. about about the the world devastators? Mm-hmm. Well, this is great. So there's a theory floating around the internet right now that says because the world devastators, the way they worked by you know polar opposites, it shifted the Earth just enough that it put it in turmoil, so it actually opened up the sector for the Guardians of Oa to finally come into Earth's sector to fix everything. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool. I like that. So now, we'll see what happens, but that's why they have to pick a Guardian at this point, so they'll either pick John Stewart or Hal Jordan. There's, other, there's two more big points here. I hope so. Um, there's two more big points to hit here, and we're running low on time. I think we needed more Paw Kent because they were trying to do a new take on Paw Kent, but they didn't give us enough of it to find out if we really liked him. I don't mind that he died in a tornado. He I just have died sooner. They, I just hate the way they did it mm-hmm. because I think it would have been better if you saw him and Clark both taking people out mm-hmm. and they're running, and Clark tur- thinks his dad's behind him, and he turns and sees his dad running back. Yeah. And his dad gets taken. They they spent so much time on Kal-El in this film instead of focusing on, you know, Pop Kent. So for me, I, I felt I, I never felt a connection to either his mom or his dad, if I'm being completely honest. Because they they're they're tertiary characters in Man of Steel. I understand the impact that they were going for, but the the emotional baggage didn't exist for me. See, I do have to say, though, I, I did love the casting. No, no, casting's great. I thought Diane Lane was awesome, and I yeah. thought Kevin Cox Cast, was great. Casting is great, and I just I just wish there was... If you're going to give me the origins already, give me something more to grab a hold of. Like, like okay, so I felt more empathy for, for Diane Lane because of that beautiful scene with Clark in the closet. Mm-hmm. Okay? If you had if you had transitioned that scene and made it Paul Kent, uh, that that whole tornado scene would have been way more deep for me. My thing is, you're gonna give me the Earth. You're gonna give me Paul Kent. Supposed to be a huge influence in these little flashbacks. And I don't think we'll see that in this film. Maybe another film we'll see another Paul Kent flashback. Um, but just can I can I tell you what I really hope you see? I really hope you see a genuine moment between Superman and Batman where Batman recollects the story of his parents dying in front of Superman or Clark Kent, or Clark Kent hears the story and then can then empathize because they both went through the same turmoil. That would be awesome. Now, one more thing. we got two more points real quick. Jania brought this up. How are the Kryptonians having powers when they're in their Kryptonian armor? Good Lord. And only 30 minutes after being on Earth. Well, like, I, I kind of I was like, so... you know, like, it's supposed to be the effects of the yellow sun. They should absorb it and feel it. 
But I understand they didn't have all their powers because they're. But the same thing is, there's if it's the Earth's atmosphere, their suits are pr- are providing them with, with the, the Kryptonian cr- cr- life support. They should have had if their suits are not strong enough to hold out radiation, they would have died a lot sooner. So that was, you know, and it took me this long to think of that, but <clears throat> you know what I, I felt dumb. I was like, okay, you're right. I always wanted, like, the whole, so General Zod, his captain, and everybody, and his whole team. I think it would be interesting to find out that certain Kryptonians can't actually absorb or handle Earth's yellow sun like it's a genetic thing. Yeah. So it would have affected all of them differently. That's what I would have liked to have seen. That's just me. Now, the last point is what a lot of people had issue with Superman killing Zod. Oh, God, I don't care about that. I just believe he would have done it a different way. That's kind of like breaking the net was the part that I was just kind of like, wow. Like, but if you go back and you watch Christopher Reeve, Superman 2, and Superman 2, the Richard Donner cut, even though he reverses time, he throws a powerless Zod down an abyss. In the- yeah, which is way more better. Which, think about it, he killed him, mm-hmm. but it was in a funny way. Yeah. He um, breaks Zod's neck in a brutal scene, and everyone freaks. And I feel like that's going to play into his moral code, but I will, I will say this. I appreciate what they attempted to do to do with with um, Henry Cavill breaking, you know, Sod's neck and everything. But there's so much intense fighting between the two of them the entire time that to me the neck break it just feels like it's it's it just feels less. Yeah. Final thoughts, Jim? Chris, final thoughts. Um, final thoughts is it's it's a movie that you you should see prior to seeing BBS. Obviously, it's a movie you should see and should have in their catalog if you're a DC fan. Um, but if you're looking for a cohesive story, if you're looking for something that's more memorable to you, I don't think it's one to keep. And you know, it's it's good. Maybe over time, I'll be more grow. But I, I just feel like it's like a bad vacation. It wasn't fully thought out. or Like I said, I think it's one of those, I think Superman of Steel suffers because of Superman Returns. Now, I just, like I said, I have a lot of hope for it. I have a lot of hope for the future. Um, you know, I think Well, you're that a Superman fan. You should have hope. Exactly. Exactly. I'm a huge Batman fan, too. But, but yeah, I like Superman a lot. Um, yeah, I have a lot of hope that, you know, maybe Batman v Superman will be the glue for Superman of Steel. Yeah. You know? I agree. And uh, you'll, you can tune in soon for our Batman v Superman review. Um, you guys have a good night. Remember, look up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs>